You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 430th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in the city beautiful Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt. Oh, I crashed. I broke oh, I broke one side of my handlebars. It's okay, you guys. Uh, keep going. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh-huh. And this is Spencer in beautiful western Massachusetts. Little guy, it sounds like maybe you've been having a rough week. A little bit. Hold on. I'm going to do a quick bike change. All right. I'm on a new bike. No, um... A little bit. You know, I've had a little bike problem. Ah, crap. I fell again. I broke my handlebars on the other side, you guys. That's okay. I'll carry on with the pod. I can do it like this. I'm a little frustrated, but it's cool. Just keep going. Yeah, I'll keep with going. The are they, I'll keep going. Yeah. Are they integrated handlebars? They are integrated handlebars, yeah. Yeah, made uh-huh. by... Are they proprietary um, oh, yeah. to, the, to your bike? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You okay. know it. You know it. No uh-huh. problem, though. No problem. Let's just keep going. I'm sure... So. Uh, well, I'm okay. concerned about the structural integrity. Is there anything that I need to be concerned about if I own one of these? Um, yeah, you should be very concerned because this looks bad, doesn't it? This is looks that, really is bad. Is that your official statement, though? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure if you'd watched that race and saw Hugo's face, his official statement <laughs> at best would have been, you should be concerned. Okay. At most, it would have uh, maybe been f- some four-letter words and stuff. He, he looked mad. Uh, okay. That, that, well, the good... Your official I remember statement <laughs> might be different than the company's official statement, which I heard was, ah, there's nothing wrong with the handlebars. It's fine. Yeah, you what know, a... one break, I think you could say that. Two breaks um, oh. in one race, uh, first bike, then the spare bike. Man, I don't know. Uh, it looks bad. It looks real bad. So has Bianchi, the manufacturer yep. of this bike, yep. thrown the mechanic under the bus yet? I don't know. Probably. I mean, I think that's what they they were doing by saying, "Oh, it's it's not not our problem. It must be the oh, mechanics." He, clearly, if you look at where it broke both times, um, the handlebar tape was applied way too tight. Oh yeah. And that's that's a common problem. I I think some of the, but you, you know, if you're new to bike racing, you're new to bikes in general. You maybe you're a home mechanic. You might not know how to properly torque your yeah. bar tape to prevent. Uh, issues like this so i'm i'm sure that mechanic is fired well i've definitely put a little finishing electrical tape on before and uh-huh. one too many wraps and that creates creates a stress fracture you know that'll do, do, you, do it of course we're, do we you, should measure this is hugo hofstetler stetter of archaea samson or samson um do you think the mechanic so knew that the bike, that the handlebars were going to break, and that's why he made the bar tape so tight, so that it wouldn't <laughs> interfere with the drivetrain. Oh yeah, and a cable wouldn't be coming into the um, the bike itself. That's a good point. You know, the bar tape was impressive. I think we could we we're ragging on Bianchi and these bars, but Tim, you're right. Who is Arkea's bar tape sponsor? Because that's good bar tape. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Good stuff. <laughs> the The best part about Bianchi is it looks good, and they're passing the blame over to someone else. Everything looks fine. Nothing to see here. No I'm sure deal. that lots of people want to go buy those um, carbon-integrated bars. Um, I'm a proud non-carbon-integrated bar person. I think the bars, to me, is, is the one place that I'll just, you know what? I'll sacrifice the metal. I'll, give, me, give me a bar and stem combo that's aluminum, titanium, metal. something. I'm, I'm not... Whoa. I ain't doing, I ain't, I ain't doing uh, carbon. Retro grouch. I did not expect this take from Tim the oh. Super Rookie. Yeah, no to expect wow. it from me. But. Wow. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm full full carbon. Uh, I still have the separate pieces. Like mine come apart. Like there's a bar <laughs> and a stem. Okay. But they are carbon, and so, I'm not afraid of it. It's fine, guys. Okay. The technology is fine. Is it? Solid question here. Uh-huh. Would this ever happen to the Canyon duplex bar? The did, double level well, Canyon bar. Didn't the if other, it did, yeah. 
it wouldn't be a problem because you you know it's like when you own a duplex in real life if your second floor catches on fire you just move to the first floor it's fine oh is that how, that's why people buy duplexes so they can sacrifice one to fire uh yeah obviously you got redundancy <laughs> built in that's why they built those bars yeah. i mean wasn't it two years ago that canyon had some problems and vanderpool's bars broke and they they had to like un not ride with their integrated setups for a couple days so he's putting down too yeah, many watts exactly, yeah. what's vanderpool who's yeah. i feel like vanderpool's been in the news has he been in the news at all what before we get to that oh, what's the over under on weeks before there's a recall on this bianchi handlebar oh, yeah uh three weeks three okay all right i'll go can you imagine if cavendish was riding for this team well, we wouldn't I mean, have known about the break because he would have been so far off the back, speaking of Milan okay. Sanremo as well. <laughs> so let's get into Milan Sanremo. The big news, of course, is Matthew Vanderpool takes the win over a very game Filippo Gagne and Wout Van Aert with Pogacar, a distant fourth place. Yeah, uh-huh. distant. Um, shout out to time, Nel- but... Nelson Paulus. For seventh place for EF Education First, flying the American flag. And Caleb Ewan taking 16th place, the sign of great things to come for Australian Zone. Maybe this is his ticket to the Tour de France this year. Maybe. <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. Yeah. So, gentlemen, oh. Matthew Vanderpoel takes the win, his second monument. He's won Flanders twice with an amazing attack on the Poggio. Poggio. I came back from a bike ride at exactly 42 kilometers to go. Once Perfect. again, for Perfection. the upteenth year, year in a row, I nailed the time to come home for Milan San Remo. I don't know. I'm pretty sure when I watched it from 140K out, I got to say that from 140 <laughs> to 40, Tim, you missed a lot. Uh, you missed all the guys on G- GCN uh, just giggling and making stuff up to entertain themselves. Sounds like a thrill a minute. Yeah, but no, I like watching really far out, Tim. You miss, you miss all the like early. You miss the like, oh, there goes Cavendish on that little bump in the road, and there goes this other sprinter. And that's kind of one of my favorite things about that race is you're doing other stuff, and you look over, and you're like, oh, bye, Demar. <laughs> not, not gonna happen again. You know, like it's kind of fun. Is just real side question. We we should look it up, but. Is Nielsen Palace's seventh place the highest place an American has ever finished in no. Milan San Remo? Or did Frankie Fast. Rodriguez? Fast Freddy, I'm pretty sure, was on the podium. I think he was second. Was he? Fast Freddy's on the podium? Okay. Wasn't All he? Right. Um, so Matthew Vanderpool, the, so first off, the Scarponi Bridge did not happen. It was a, it was the, it was the, it was a procession in honor yeah. of the legend Michele Scarponi and his yeah. friend Frankie the Parrot. We, we there was do. not much action. We do love to see a good Scarpone bridge. It is increasingly rare, but that makes it increasingly special. Uh, when an early move does go um, ahead of the Cipressa and someone attempts a Scarpone bridge from the Cipressa all the way to the Poggio to bridge across to that move, um, didn't see it this time. Uh, no. no. Nils Pollitt attacked on the flat between the Capressa and the Poggio okay. and very right. immediately was doing the, he got the gap and then he turned around and was like, no one came with me. And he, yeah. his heart was yeah. not in it. And it, he's like, I was I hope no scar pony. He was looking, kept looking back. Just, you know, somebody, somebody, somebody's got to come out with me. And he just eventually folded and I don't know, still finished. Okay. But, uh, not, uh, he didn't have that. So the, Vanderpool went down the Poggio, I believe, the fastest ever, but it didn't look super fast. I, th- like, it, like, sorry, it looked fast, but it didn't look as reckless as some of like you would <laughs> expect from Vanderpool or some of the other descents over the last yeah. few years well, that we've seen down the Poggio. And by the way, the final ten kilometers of this race is the greatest ten kilometers in bike racing all year. Oh yeah, like hands down. Like well, he, yeah. he has the fastest, so he got the fastest time up the Poggio. I don't know if he has the fastest time down. Okay, sorry. but he definitely put time into Wout and uh, Pogacar and, and, and Ghana on the way down mm-hmm. like a little bit like a couple seconds but that was all that's all it took 
where you guys, I was counting out of every corner. Because, like, they didn't have, like, a ticker. So every corner he'd go around, I'd, like, he'd go past, you know, like, a staircase, and I'd start counting. And it was, like, yeah. the tension the whole way down was, like, I counted four. And then the so, next one I would be, like, I think I might have, that might have been, like, four and a half. I think my finger was halfway to pointing at that point, you know? And, like, uh-huh. um, so that's great. Last year when he won Flanders, I remember yelling, come on, Matthew, like, really loud. This year I had the, the windows open. I was watching in my office here on my new monitor. So I kind of had private viewing experience. Uh-huh. And I'm like, come on, Matthew. Come on, Matthew. And then my six-year-old came in. Little Heimar Zubeldia comes in. And he's very into teams and sports right now. He's like, who's Matthew, Daddy? Do we cheer for him? And I'm like, yes, we do. Matthew is the greatest <laughs> cyclist of a generation. And then the the announcer said something about Wout Van Art, and he's like, "All all little Heimar does is goes boo when they mention <laughs> Wout Van Art." And right then, I, you know, we went to get ice cream yeah. immediately after. Uh, it was a great day. Uh, it's fantastic. He understands. Yeah, um, I the the descent. I was very excited. Um, I loved that it was like a post up finish with no one in the camera behind, except maybe like way back, but Ghana. With like the 82 tooth chain ring, heck of a sprint by the Italian. Yeah, real good sprint. Good enough for second. And uh, I, mean, I don't know what to say. Looks good. There was, uh, speaking of chain rings, there was all the hullabaloo about what Wout Van Art brought to the Yeah, race the one as well. piece. Um, well, the 50 tooth uh, single ring in the front and a, like a 1028 in the back. You're yeah. going up the the Poggio in the big ring. Like, there's no option, you know? And another Poggio is, well, like, the hardest climb in the world. Well, but that so, is uh, – he was there to win. Well, What was uh, the name of the team that, that had the one chain ring that, like, oh, only lasted uh, a year? The sweet-looking kits, but the, they're oh, from, the like, Aqua Ireland. Blue, the Aqua Blues. Aqua Blue, yeah. Blue. Remember how much they hated the one – the one oh, cog? Yeah. Or the, the one chain ring? <laughs> well, so here's a question. So Wout had the 50-28, right? Yeah. He's, he's going up going up the Poggio. Poggio attacks. He didn't have the snap. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he didn't have the snap. So he closed, Wout closed the gap to, to Pogacar and Ghana. Yeah. He closed it yeah. kind of slowly. I was actually a little yeah. worried on that shot. Like, they weren't going to make it. And I was kind of, Vanderpool, jump, jump him, jump him. But, yeah, Vanderpool jumped him obviously higher cadence jumped all of them but he didn't have the snap did vanderpool have like that one more gear <laughs> you know is this like the yeah, thing yeah, when we yeah. look at the tech he had one or two more gears so he could just spin up because he looked easy on wout's wheel as wout labored to get back on probably pushing <laughs> that 50 28 man that's a little guy I tried calling you i tried calling you and got the busy signal um, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and it reminded me of the nineties. Yeah. Try calling you with about 15 K to go because until international cyclocross superstar, Quentin Hermans was making his appearance and doing all types of work. MVDP status. Yep. He was there closing gaps yeah. on the Poggio. He finished 80th place with four and a half minutes down. That's oh, impressive. I mean, he just sat up, but you got to say all of Vanderpool's team, like Soren Crow mm-hmm. Anderson in that, Oh my goodness! That second little group uh, was there disrupting, and then I think he won the sprint in the second group. Yeah, he got fifth. He got it's... fifth. Yeah. So man, the, the MVDP, MVDP, MVPs. Uh, I, we don't give them as much so, love as we used to because now they're they're kind of like stars compared to yeah, the, that first yeah. year. Um, but uh, man, they're still they're still hitting above their weight. It's great. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to. Uh, Welcome the jury to this important case of the Slow Ride Podcast Supreme Court. And we have an important, we have an important case in front of us. Uh-huh. We have Wout Van Aert, Paul Mares, versus Matthew Vanderpool's Paul Mares on the road in front of us today. Okay. Matthew Vanderpool has won Flanders twice. He's won Milan San Remo, Amstel Gold, Strada Bianchi. And he does have a Tour de France stage win. And a multitude of other races. Yeah. And obviously five-time Cyclocross World Champion. Wout Van Aert 
has nine Tour de France stage wins, including, I believe, the Champs Elysees. He also won on the Tourmalet and a time trial that doesn't count. He won Milan San Remo in 2020. Amsel Gold, Strada Bianchi, Gent Vailga. Who is the better road cyclist? The better Little road guy. cyclist. You are defending uh, Wout Van Art here. <laughs> Tell me why Wout yeah. Van Art is better. Oh, than Matthew okay. Vanderpool. Well, it's the all-around nature of the wins. You win in the mountain. You win the sprints. Uh, Matthew's just a one-trick pony. All he can do is win classics in the occasional sprint. <laughs> Wild can also TT better than Matthew. So that's uh, that's why. And Matthew's never been uh, pressed to really... He's he's gave back. He's let out his teammates. But he hasn't had to do the full scope of super domestic duty. And that's... And you really show your medal as an all-around cyclist. He hasn't had to help someone in the mountains. Maybe this year he'll have to help uh, Jay Vine or no Jay Vine moved to UAE. Never mind. He's got no climbers <laughs> on his team. I uh-huh. stand corrected. He will never have to help anyone because they know to never bring a climber to that team. Hmm. hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Solid case. A little too heavy on the Tour de France um, conversation. Being an all-rounder. Um, and and without a mention of the GC at the Tour de Britain, um, I'm a little uh, little worried that Wout Van Aert's Palmares are very light after you get past the nine Tour de France stage wins in a Milan San Remo. Um, <laughs> Spencer, you have um, a hard case because we all know Matthew Vanderpool is a superior cyclist, but why is Matthew uh, Vanderpool the better one? Well, I mean, first of all, I think you're throwing quite a lot of shade at Wout Van Aert. Uh, we know you're the president of the Anyone But Wout Club, but I want to say as as Matthew's representative, we have nothing but the utmost respect for Wout Van Aert and his accomplishments in cycling. Um, and we firmly believe that one day he may achieve the heights that Matthew has achieved already uh, in, in far less time uh, on the road than Wout has. Um, and while Wout's smattering of results is impressive with first seconds and thirds everywhere in this highlight sheet uh here on first cycling (laughs) um matthews is all firsts um you know so he doesn't come to uh play second fiddle um wears his heart on his sleeve um makes the big wins happen one melanson remo in uh heart-wrenching fashion just like his grandfather had all those years ago um, and you know, he, 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 he is always in it to win it. Um, the first time the road cycling community got to see that was, uh, at, at the world championships where he was clearly the winner until he cracked and, um, drifted <laughs> far, far off the back and, and Mads Peterson won. But, um, so- I digress. He is, he is a generational talent and, uh, uh, Unfortunately for Wout Van Aert, he exists at the same time as Matthew, the greatest cyclist ever. Well, and Matthew Vanderpool has won the Tour of Britain. Um, very important stat there. So they, they continue to trade, but the key is he's won Flanders twice. He's now won the biggest crapshoot of them all, which is Milan San Remo. And Matthew Vanderpool is on his way for the best chance in the last 40 years of winning every monument. After winning Milan San Remo, Matthew Vanderpool is on track to winning them all. Oh, yeah. He's better than Philippe Gilbert. There is nothing left that's going to be hard for him to win. And, uh, yeah, pretty excited to see it. I mean, we do need to qualify that a little bit. Neither of them have the Paris-Roubaix. I think that one's going to be the hard one. Uh, You think so? You know. I think one of them will win it this year. You think that... Well, I mean, Lombardi, that's a given. The Japan Cup, uh, they could walk away with that one. Um, they've both got Strada Bianchi. Uh, I think that's all the main classics uh, aside from Perry Roubaix. So it really comes down to who's going to win that one first. And uh, with the, with, as you mentioned earlier, with the MVPs <laughs> that MVDP has, I don't know. Uh, and- I don't know that Jumbo's got an answer. Do you think we should call up 
Liege Bastogne Liege winner Tyler Hamilton to see who he thinks it's going to be, but it's probably Matthew Vanderpool that's also going to win that monument. Um, it's uh, pretty exciting to see these two go head to head. Milan San Remo is fantastic, and I can't wait for the next race. Um, but yeah, congrats to uh, Matthew Vanderpool for winning the case this week at the Slow Ride Podcast Supreme Court. All right, yeah. is is court adjourned officially? Court is adjourned. Okay, jeez. Yeah. Okay, so Wout Van Hart <laughs> is going to win Paris Bay, and like obviously also wears his heart on his sleeve and uh, has given everything. Uh, yeah. Uh, the first time the road cycling world saw him was on the Strada Bianchi when he fell off his bike on that climb. It was just epic. And Did, uh, yeah. whatever happens, these two are going to be the best. Uh, for Can we get time. to? We're, we're all in for a lot of. Oh, uh, it's great cycling. It lore to come great just classic se- the rest of the classic season if, as long as these two guys stay healthy is gonna be yeah gonna be i mean it's totally a batman few weeks it's a batman superman situation right it's a it's a captain america iron man situation here I because it's the sure good you were gonna the say good guys. batman and robin situation better the only way yeah. is that matthew is robin in that because he's the cuter one so. oh i was gonna say well yeah who would be all right? So who would be Matthew on his team? Who would be Matthew's Robin? Would it be Soren Crow Anderson? Would it be Quentin Hermans? I think he'd got to go with definitely Quentin Hermans. He's gonna. He's definitely the Robin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So he's just kind of sitting there. So Wout, if Wout's Batman is Dispanute, his his Robin, or is he gonna? Mm. Or Dylan Van Bars obviously got to turn into like like Two Face or something because he's gonna be so mad that they're gonna double cross him. <laughs> is Gianni Ver- Vermeersh a uh, pretty good? there yeah yeah maybe Laporte. he's that's true yeah. laporte yeah laporte laporte and him have been kind of joined at the hip they, mm-hmm. they seem to work well together so that's a good point laporte's probably his his, his robin so okay what a great great uh rivalry between these two was there anything better than the post-race couch <laughs> what an odd yeah what an thing. odd <laughs> i'm like, all for it I, I need more couches like that in my life like the, I imagine the promoter assigned somebody to, you know, setting up the, the go to go to IKEA. Was and like, here's yeah, your budget. Here, here's the budget. Get a couch, and they showed up to IKEA, and they were like looking at the prices of couches and being like, "Well, I only have enough for a love seat. I guess that'll have to do." And it just, I mean, it made for some iconic photos. Yeah, uh, and a lot yeah. of good memes. I've had a so couple of people reach out and say that they should photoshop us on the couch oh, and i am beautiful. definitely matthew vanderpool do you think um, it's worth reaching out to the promoters of milan cinema to see if the couch is available for purchase oh my goodness oh. can you imagine winning that like getting that couch yeah. that that needs to be in a museum the, imagine the ass sweat that is soaked into those cushions i mean people would pay That's top dollar for that pure power right there yeah uh-huh. it must be 40 or fifty thousand watts uh, right, right there. Ghana had the power move on the couch. Yeah, because he arm. he had the he had the arm around both of them. Yeah, he could have he could have had a lot of fun because he could have like tapped Wout on the shoulder <laughs> and then like turned his head really quick, so then Wout but, would think that it was Matthew. No, but they all looked this, so angry. It didn't look like they were having fun. At this point, Wout Wout and and Matthew know know the feel of each other's touch. There's no way they yeah, don't. Yeah, There's no true. way that anyone could touch Wout and he he would think it was Matthew and vice versa. Like they have spent so much time. They've they've had to put their arm around each other on a podium mm-hmm. so many times. Like they know the soft caress of the other one. They know. Yep. They know. Yeah. Eyes closed, they could tell you who was there. I mean, um, I want to talk about one other uh, Italian race specific thing, which is that at MSR, the same dude, and at many of the, like at uh, Torino. The same guy in white, white uh, like sweatpants and a white shirt and a white cap, has been the like after race handler guy at all these yeah. races. That, and okay. he, it's a fit look. It's a super good look. Dude looks like he's, like I don't know what it says, but he's got on this like white long sleeve t shirt. I like it because he looks, he just looks like a random like middle aged skater guy who was like going to the coffee shop. Uh, uh-huh. just suddenly they were like, hey, you want to be the race guy? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, it's casual, but it's also formal, and it also, you know, that's your guy. He's at every once, the same dude, 
He's looking good. I want to know his name. I want to know more about him. I don't want to do the work. Somebody else mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, I'm sure that some people can help us out. But um, I do want to give a shout uh, to Tudor. Tudor, sorry. The watch company. Racing yeah. team. I like their kits. Um, and they had a pretty good week, right? Because they won Milano Torino. Um, yeah. Pretty pretty cool to see a uh, professional uh, team, like a one, one level down, do so well. That, that you're right. That Milano Torino win was huge too because you. I watched. That's whatever, massive last, points. Yeah, I watched the last like ten, fifteen k or whatever, and they weren't just yeah that small, small team there not doing work, hiding, and they got lucky in the sprint. They were putting in a ton of work, and I forget who was doing the announcing for GCN for that race, but they kept being like, "Man, Tudor is doing a lot of work." Like, because really they were like one of the smallest teams there, but they they put themselves on the front and like boss that race. And it was more impressive. Have they announced? Are, they just, if they had just won, you know, so have they announced the teams for this year's Giro and are they in it? That's kind of the uh, question they have, right after a result I like that. I don't think they are. Oh, I could be wrong. Bummer. So they of course went with like green project, Bardini, CF, F, Sella, Italia, Camp Ignola. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. All right, um, the other big news. Obviously, I know buried here, but friend of the podcast, 16th place winner at the Waterloo Cyclocross World Cup where she took the comb, the coveted Slow Ride Podcast Minnesota Golden Gophers hockey jersey, number one overall seed in the men's NCAA hockey championship. Sheeran Van Anroy took the win at the Trofeo Alfredo Binda, arguably one of the largest one-day races on the women's calendar. So awesome to see. Took the win by 25 seconds over her teammate, Elisa Balsamo, and then Vittoria Guzani of FDJ came in third. Awesome, awesome to see. Congratulations to Sharon. Yeah. Yeah, it was, in, I mean, super impressive. She was off the front for... 20 some K and for a lot of that was just basically dangling like 10, eight, 10 seconds. Like the fact that she didn't throw it in or like ever, they couldn't quite bring her back. It was, it was, it was nail biting sort of, uh, and they she hit that climb. The bigger gap, but yeah, they hit that climb five times, but it's like the, it's like five laps that they take. It's pretty impressive course. It looks super difficult. And to be able to stay away, like you said, at 20K to take the win with a solid 23 seconds. I mean, so awesome to see. 16th place, the harbinger, harbinger of goodness in professional cycling. Mm-hmm. Prove it once again. Always. It always works. So, with that happy news, let's get into this week's Prem Lap. And if anybody can find Simon Geshko, just reach out and give him a high five. All right, guys, here we are in the Prem Lap once again. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Shout out to all of those who have gone to the WideAnglePodium.com and have become a donating supporter. It allows us to stay on the air. And I want to give just a quick heads up that friend of the podcast um, over at Criterium Nation, Rob Kelly, is about to drop a bombshell news. You're not going to want to miss the update on the National Criterium League and their upcoming bike race in Miami Beach, where right now, less than 20 days away, only two teams have been announced. No other teams are announced. Uh (laughs) Miami Beach has just announced a citywide curfew late at night on Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. Um, It's going to be exciting for the NCL race in Miami (laughs) Beach. But I don't know who's going to be there. But you know who does? Rob Kelly. Been rolling up the sleeves, getting past NDAs, getting past all of it to figure out who is going to be at the start line. And why Americans have two Criterium Racing Leagues to follow. I mean, there is... 
I know maybe American crit racing isn't everybody's cup of tea, but the tea is hot in American crit racing um, because there is so much fun drama and storylines to follow, and the the work that Rob's doing over there is uh, is great. I know he's got several bombshells coming, so I would I would tune in if you're at all curious or interested in what's going on uh, with some of the most exciting now, American bike racing. Out. If you're looking to find out more about the National Criterium League in Miami and you Google NCL Miami Beach, do not fall for um, going to the Norwegian Cruise Line Terminal. Uh-huh. Um, it's a very popular mistake. Um, but yeah, so anyways, keep an eye out for Rob Kelly's next edition of Criterium Nation. And that's, I mean, that's only one of the uh, myriad of shows we've got over on winegopodium.com, uh, bringing you the best in cycling coverage from independent media sources. Uh, Cyclocross Radio, obviously, has been doing their thing forever, and uh, Grodio as well, coming in with the hits. I know they just had a interview with Becca Farringer about what she's up to lately and uh, doing all the coverage of... of um, the gravel scene over there from Amanda Nauman, who is in the trenches at all these races. So really, really good stuff. Um, just, you know, just as good as this show, I would say, but also smarter and more accurate. So if that's your thing, if that sounds like something <laughs> you're into, uh, definitely go wideanglepodium.com. Check out those shows as well. But, Tim, we've got another exciting sponsor uh, this week that I want to talk about. And that is, of course, a longtime sponsor, Hammerhead, uh, with the Hammerhead Carew 2 computer. Um, this is the computer I use on every ride um, with the beautiful mapping that it has, the ease of use that I adore, the uh, regular and constant software updates, so I don't have to feel like my, uh, like I did with my previous computer. It was kind of like a, pretty outdated pretty quick it seemed to stop wanting to respond to things all the time a little janky uh this thing feels brand new still uh even after having it for a year at this point um i love it it's easy to use connects quick gives me all the data and stats i need i can customize the screens i can customize for different bikes and have different profiles set up it's head over to hammerhead.io check out uh the stats the data, the info, the specs, whatever it is you're interested in. I'm pretty sure the Crew 2 will impress you um, like it has impressed me. Uh, and if you uh, go that direction to pick one up, let them know the Slow Ride Podcast sent you. We would greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Super easy to set up, too. It's the best part. And with that, let's get back to the show. My name is Matthew Vanderpool and I don't listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, gentlemen, we are back. And once again, it is time to open up the overflowing Slow Ride Podcast mailbag. Head over and email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com, where all of your emails are gratefully received. Major shout outs to Lisa and Michael for some very kind words as they continue to discover bike racing through the podcast so it's great to hear i want to give a, a shout out as well to uh shelly who hits us up with hey slow ride people with the in-depth investigative reporting you provide your listeners i'm sure you've already seen this by now but just in case more intel on jayco alua and it is a very uh and, and thank you uh shelly keep it slow indeed um it jayco is in fact one of the largest caravan makers, RV manufacturers in the world. And that is where Homeboy has made all his money. And now, uh, since the winery sponsorship's over, he's probably doing a tax write-off for the caravan company as the, uh, <laughs> as the global uh, caravan economy is probably uh, going down. It And Alua, for those that don't know, is a city in Saudi Arabia. So there is a joint ownership there from the kingdom of South Saudi yeah, Arabia. I believe I got that, that wrong a couple weeks ago when I um, 
mistook it for a region in uh, one of the Pokemon games. That is not the case. I do want to issue a correction uh, on that one. Oh, look at that journalistic integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we got it. We got a good one here. Aaron Lale hits us up. Dear Tim, Matt, and Spencer, bad news about Tour de France stage winner Blaine Matthews contracting oh. COVID-19 oh. and not being able to win Milan San Remo until next year. And then, then he goes a little blue. Aaron, Aaron's working, working it. This is not, this is a quote, not a slow ride podcast quote. Do you think if he spent more time in the podcast booth and less time at Subaru WRX meetups, he could have stayed healthy and won Milan San Remo this year? Well, yeah, there's a lot here. I love this email because we've, we've assigned a car yep. to bling Matthews. That is that that's what we're getting at here. It's and I have, I think the sign. WRX is like the most appropriate one. This is yeah. like, well, well he, done. He's, I mean, if you look at his Instagram, he's, he's made this assignment himself. So. So, certainly. Yeah. But it's yeah. also correct. Like, oh yeah. He's a, uh, character of himself yes yeah i mean yeah if i guess if you saw bling matthews you might say that's a subaru guy and, and vice versa it's you see uh, no, no hang on no not a subaru guy that's a yes. wrx guy no he's a wrx you're right wrx guy a subaru guy could go uh different granola ways but you're right the wrx is a, is a different breed of subaru guy mm-hmm. i saw a wrx this um last week after this email came in and i immediately thought of bling because of it so thank you for making that connection. Um, those yeah. synapses fire quicker in my mind now every time I see yeah. one. Well, you know, you, you imagine, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Boonin, famously a, a Lamborghini guy. Uh, I'm sure um, Filippo Pizzato is a Ferrari guy. I don't know. Um, we know Matthew Vanderpool is a four-door Porsche SUV kind of guy. Which was uh, very which disappointing. Little, very disappointing to little guy. Um, yeah, very disappointing. And, you know, I guess in the hierarchy of cars, uh, being a, a Subaru WRX is pretty accurate uh, for Bling Matthews. Who um, Who's driving the truck? Who's driving one of those uh, European, like, Colorado Avalanche knockoffs? Oh, I don't know. You kind of see those around. It's kind of like, is that yeah. a camper? You know, but... You guys, anyway. I, I bet... I bet Ghana drives like a Fiat Panda or something. Something super teeny and unassuming. And people are like, oh, look at that silly little goofy car. And then like the handsomest man in the Peloton gets out of it. And you're like, never mind. I think I love those little Fiats. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. He seems, he seems I, understated. And he seems like he would be understated. But he's definitely not an Alfa Romeo because he he's a got Ferrari an engine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Yeah, he re- he rarely breaks down. So what is he gonna drive? Get ready for spring, dear slow ride. I'm writing in hopes you can give me some advice to help me prep for local amateur gravel racing season here in Minnesota. Oh. Awesome. This is came to the right place. This email comes to us from Leo Black Label, multi. I mean, on the podcast, um, friend Mount Rushmore. This guy, talk about. What, I mean, he beat me in a messenger race. I didn't let him. Uh, I didn't forgive him for years, but. You're you're out of the doghouse now, Leo. We're, we're buddies now. Um, so he reaches out. So little guy, first question: Are you going to be participating in amateur gravel racing in Minnesota this spring? Probably not this spring. Okay, so, so you'll do one race this so, year, maybe. The or keyword, so, little guy. Now the keyword is participating. Yeah, yeah. It is gravel. It's yep. not racing. No, um, I know. But I don't want to drive but anywhere. I, I just wanted to make sure that we were, um, you know, clarifying and like showing any type of bias that we may have in this answer to Leo because yeah, Leo's that's... beaten you in bike races as well. And you're not going to want to lose to Leo. So one way you can do that is by giving him amazing advice. Um, so his first real advice. Leo's first race is two weeks away. Ooh. Two weeks. Okay. All right. Two weeks. First weekend in April, the Ragnarok 105. It's 107 miles, which, wait. It's already you, an error. This is already an error. Like, it's, a, it's called the Ragnarok 105, but they add two miles just for fun. Yeah. Um, it's 107 miles, mostly gravel, with some ATV trails, dirt paths, and 8,000 feet of climbing. Oh. 
So my questions, when should I start training? Okay. And secondly, what kind of training do you recommend? All right. So, so, so we're questions. assuming training has not started. If it yeah. were me, training two weeks would out. start at the whistle and be yep. like for the first 50 or 60 miles. And then the uh-huh. racing would be the next, you know, 50 miles. <laughs> so you're like a, you're a grip it and rip it. You're just like, we're going to go until I'm out of gas. And I think I can last 50 miles before I'm just going to suffer home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, probably not all at once. Um, there probably will be a couple gas station stops or something. Um, I might, uh, I might have to get a get couple of Carmelos, a couple of red get bulls to keep me going. Yeah. Airheads. Um, Airheads are my secret weapon at the, uh, but I, I don't know that I'm the best one to give this okay. advice. Uh, so, so a little I, get, I'm curious. Uh, I think you trained the day before. Oh, come on. He's got two weeks. That's so much. He can put down base miles. It's perfect. I think, right. uh, you get out there tomorrow. Really, you want to focus on those gravel skills. And uh-huh. if you're living okay. in Minneapolis right now, uh, you come to the right place. Do we have any official gravel roads in the city? No. Are most of the roads turning into gravel right now because of all the potholes? Yes. Ah. Specifically. Ooh. Um, Advantage. You, not, live not too far from me. Just go to 35th or 36th uh, right here in the central neighborhood of Minneapolis, and there is more gravel and holes than you will encounter on uh, the entire gravel season. And you've got a good 10-block stretch uh, between the uh, the freeway and uh, Chicago. You can do intervals all day on that loop. And you're never going to you're never going to um, never have a clean stretch of road, so you're going to really be working on those skills. And I think that's Look, what you got to okay. do. So pothole I'm going to oh, yeah. pothole training. I, I'm also going to call I can't stress enough how these aren't just potholes. I mean, they literally the roads I'm, are turning okay. back all to right. gravel. There are piles it. of gravel coming out of the holes. Look, I, I, I constant, there's a constant battle between you and I in this podcast. I'm going to air it out right now, laundry, uh, for all the listeners. Do it. All I, uh, all I try to do is is undo your hyper-localization of, of All I try to if, do is if hyper-localize. people happen to not be in Minneapolis who are listening to this podcast, I'm just trying People to have Google Maps. Maybe find a, a road with a lot of potholes in your area as no, well. No, I can't stress enough how these potholes will really okay. tune Leo to a fine gravel edge. It works out in this case because he is actually in Minneapolis. So well, that's can. why I'm giving this advice, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, um, look, I, I am, I, I think there may, I know St. Paul has dirt roads. I think. Yes. I think there may be a dirt road or two up in the northeast Minneapolis warehouse district by the um, the train line that goes over Central. I'm just calling it out. There might over by Cal- yeah, like on California or somewhere over yeah. there. I'm just yeah. just letting you know um, as the expert of all things gravel. Um, but Leo does. I, I got go a better. I got a better plan. I like little guy's idea where you start now. Whenever whatever day this comes out, whenever he hears it, you start now. You're doing five percent. Uh, of the total let's do some math however many days there are until your event divide that uh, into days you do do 10% uh, on day one you do 20% day two mileage wise you do 30 and then 40 and then 50 and then start backing it down so you're going to do a little peak and a little taper just a little, like <laughs> a little micro dose of mileage huh. work your way up work your way back down and yeah. uh, it doesn't someone's matter someone's been winning the Joel Friel book yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter if you only get up to like twenty-five total miles at the at your peak, and your yeah. event is one hundred and seven. It's fine. It's it's the the fact that you did a a peak and a taper that is so really going to pay dividends. Leo continues. My oh. bike is still crusted in dry mud from last year, so maintenance has been to pull the rusted solid chain and throw it away. When is the yeah. best time to replace the entire drivetrain, bottom bracket, shift cables, and brake pads? To ensure proper settling in. Oh. Should I start shopping for these items now? I say no. My advice is to go to the bike shop the night before. You know, if the bike shop closes at six, get there at like five. Mm-hmm. And, I have a uh, race tomorrow. I have a race tomorrow. Pull the, the I'm, a, I'm an amateur racer card. The favorite five words you could ever say in a bike shop are, I have a race tomorrow. 
Oh yeah. Those guys love it. They love it. They can't get enough of it. They're crazy for it. Every time I walk into a bike shop, they all the all the employees. <laughs> That's a lie. When was the last time you much? walked into a bike shop to get your bike ready before a race? Oh, every every race I've done for the past couple Love years. It. Yeah. yeah, that's it. It is. I think I. You're so right. It is by far the most the favorite words of anybody yeah. that works no. at a bike shop. Actually, you um, should tell them about your race. Come in the next day and tell them how they oh, didn't fix your bike. Yeah, they love that. They love that. How oh, your bar well, snapped two times. Come on, guys. I'm thinking though, <laughs> even even if you bring Whoa. the bike in the day that this episode releases, uh, it's springtime. The bike shops are slammed. You're not going to get it back in time, so you're going to have to do this work yourself, which means if you start doing the work, it will not be done by the time your event starts. And you're going to be assembling the car, the bike in the parking lot outside your car just before the event, which is usually a, a great idea. No, it's a great idea. Spencer, I hate to make it hyper-local again, but it is uh-huh. not springtime. <laughs> It is not Let's, springtime. Okay. It was it was a it was a high maybe a thirty today with a stiff twenty mile an hour wind out of the south. It is is winter. An important data point was dropped by little guy there, Spencer. I don't know if you noticed, but he was saying that if Leo Leo went the day before and he came back, his bars would be snapped. Oh, you snapped your bars. Do we think Hugo Hofstetler brought his bike to the mechanic like oh, late? right before the race started like i need a bar tape and then that mechanic's like i'm gonna show you i'm gonna put this on extra tight Could maybe be. he broke him in training as well and brought him into the mechanic the night before and was like hey uh, i was just riding along and these <laughs> these like broke and the mechanic was like jeez jb wells and just like tried to tape them up nice and tight to keep them together <laughs> and was like i don't have time to do this right now maybe that was the issue all along I'm sure he uh, won't fall today two times. Yeah, he can possibly. <laughs> oh, that's a wonderful idea. Well, gentlemen, anything else you want to talk about on this wonderful podcast after Matthew Vanderpool and Sharon Van Anroy take our hearts by winning this week? Not even a mention of Adam Blythe's sweater. Okay. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I know you want to talk about that. Go, go. No, that's it. I just... I, What's said has already been said. I don't know if Adam lost a bet, but I appreciate yeah. that he saw it through. I think the 90s are coming back more than we... I mean, we were young in the 90s, but we were around enough to know that a lot of the fashion we all personally uh, partook in, we probably wouldn't want to do it again. And Adam must be a little bit younger than us because he... I don't know. I have, it was, it I have no little... idea what you're talking about. It's, what? So in the studio show after Milan San Remo on GCN, uh-huh. Adam Blythe yeah. is wearing a very fluffy sweater that is grandma, his, his uh, Bobo, his uh, <laughs> Nini, uh, probably know, knit for it's him. Also, it's purple it's like, and pink, like, contrasting so stripes. Rave. Okay. He looks like it's, he's going to a rave. He's going to go do, do some E. And like, I, mean, I don't know. It sounds it's very f- European to me. That's, no, it's very yeah. British. It's very British. Okay, so yeah. while we're on the topic of uh, clothes, uh, Adam Hansen, uh, uh-huh. formerly we talked about him all the time on the, on the podcast, the cobbler, is now, uh, I think he's he's elected to be the CPA president, and okay. uh, which is great. I think he could do a great job. He's, he seems uh, like he has- uh, a well-informed guy, obviously smart fella, but in the picture of him with Johnny Bunio after he became president... Uh-huh. I gotta say, I tweeted this out. It looks like he's got a belt on that looks like he he probably made this belt. Like I've never seen a belt like this before. <laughs> and I looked over him, and he's got the official CPA shirt on, and before that, he's got his own outfit on. He's got a pair of jeans on. There's nothing else in there that I could tell he made. And I uh-huh. find it hard to believe that Adam would leave the house without at least one thing he made on. And I don't know if he's making dress shoes yet probably wasn't wearing carbon shoes for this day so i'm assuming the belt had to have been something he made did you guys the get cobbler the cobbler has Jesus? expanded to accessories yeah. <laughs> i i would pay good money for a cobbler belt i'm just well gentlemen you gotta love adam hansen and adam blythe for bringing the fashion over the last few days but once again give a shout out to professional cycling for being at its best this past weekend at both 
the Binda, and Milan San Remo. The season is off. The season has started. Can't wait for E3 next week. One of the most yeah. important uh, races <laughs> on the calendar. I think E3 is a really great race. I know that it is also a terrible race in many ways, and the promoters <laughs> do their best, but di- divorce it from so the much posters. baggage. Yeah. And it okay. is a very fun, slightly shorter Flanders. Tim's smirking at me. Spencer's giving me a look. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. a total jerk. Uh-huh. But it is a good race, but yes, you have to... You have to forget about all the did you get like things. vip tickets to this race no i yeah. no i mean you, so many podcasts ago i was like i really like e3 and that was before i had ever seen any of this stupid posters and all the dumb things they've done because i don't see belgian posters uh-huh. and until they were all over the internet i mean we can go back and dig in the in the bas- back podcast where you two probably said you liked you liked the quick step team too so like let's, no. let's not start throwing no oh, oh, we, oh, we, come we on. come up with opinions and we throwing stones boys I've we come up with opinions no oh, okay. we we stick okay. to our guns we never change uh. our thoughts and with that <laughs> we've never made a mistake I'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out how you can become a donating subscriber i'd like to thank hammerhead for their continued support go to hammerhead.io and check out the bevy of products and with that this is oh sorry find us and subscribe to us on twitter and instagram at the slow ride pod and email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com and now with that this is tim in orlando this is matt in minneapolis And the suspenser in Western Massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds. But we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.